Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you living, Brother Montel good. Allen? Good, good. Glad to be on, Mr. Hicks. Glad to be on. Man, we team no sleep. Team no sleep. It's uh, January 24th. It's uh, been a busy week from the sports perspective, man. So I think we got some things that we want to talk about. Yeah, man. There's a lot going on in the sports world right now. Some good, some bad, some, you know, we just got to address and, and, you know, keep it moving, man. You know how that goes. Look, look at you already bring, bringing up some controversy in terms of uh, <laughs> what's, what's going on in, in the world. But, uh, yeah, you, you're right. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start off by saying uh, we, we lost a lot of folks, actually, unfortunately, this week. And from the sports world, we lost uh, Hank Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, which which is definitely a loss, not just for – sports not just for the game of baseball but i mean just the, the man was a humanitarian it's a great man right uh, yeah. i i got to see some of his uh old stuff a lot of times and, and just you know watch how he had the impact on on folks like president obama right i mean mm-hmm. president obama used to have it a sign back from him in the oval office with him so uh yeah rest in peace to hammer and hang there yeah yeah man i think that um you know he's our babe ruth you know, he's the African-American's Babe Ruth. Um, he was the last man from the from the Negro Leagues to be able to cross over to the major leagues that was still alive mm-hmm. and still doing his thing. I think that, um, like you said, a great humanitarian, great for the sport of baseball, great ambassador for not for baseball as well as African-Americans within that that, that field. I heard, he was a, a, a pillar in the community in Atlanta. Yep. Um, he just did so much. He did so much with his life and did so much for the sport. You know, um, he's going to be sorely missed. You know, he was an advocate, you know, definitely for, for young young guys playing baseball, especially young African-Americans. Yeah. And, I'm stressed, and I'm stressing on the African-American because he wasn't just a strong representative in our culture. I don't really follow baseball very much, but I know who Hank Aaron is. Yeah. I know the accomplishments he's done. I know what he, you know, what he stood for. So, you know, we just lost a good one, man. I mean, he, he, was, he was a guy that, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the people that knew him were very blessed to know him and for us to know about him, you know, I'm 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 just honored that he you know to be yeah. to, to be able to witness a little bit of what he's done what he's done. Yeah, his his name and his legacy, uh, smashing that Babe Ruth record against all odds, and having so many folks uh, not wanting him to do that. Right, just, mm-hmm. just the, the, the pressures that he went to uh, were more overt than they are covert today. 
Right. So yeah. he, he was literally getting the, uh, the the hateful letters and the death threats and the things like that. Don't go out there and hit that ball because we're going to come after you. And mm-hmm. beer, he went out there and he's, he smashed it anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the the images of when he hit that home run, 755, and those two guys chasing him around. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's that, like- one, that one is in everyone's head. Everyone knows <laughs> that that moment, you know, where they were or, or ever, that they've seen that, even if you're Which, not necessarily a, a You know the beauty of that, though? The beauty of that, there's no color line in that. Yeah. Those, that's it, was, just, it was two white dudes that were following. Yeah, was, two, yeah, yeah I mean, there's no yeah. color line. I was just like, they're enthusiastic fans, ran onto the field to celebrate with him. And he wasn't pushing them away or doing anything. He was he celebrated with them. I'm quite sure, you know, you know the dangers of sports of fans doing that. But I mean, they were just celebrating together, man. I think that's the most beautiful thing in sports and, and in competition as well. People want to celebrate success, yeah. and that man was successful at what he did. That's and uh, like I said, he's just an ambassador, man. I mean, he's 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 you know um, us in the African American community, we we we're just losing a lot of leaders, and he was a leader, another leader that we lost, unfortunately, due to this COVID. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So due to COVID, unfortunately, I mean, that, that that's yeah. horrible. Uh, outside of the sports world, uh, I think yeah. 24 hours before or after we lost um, Hank, we lost um, Larry King. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just again, just just yeah. folks that are out there that that many people know. And again, we're losing them, unfortunately, in relation yeah. to this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. and, and let me let me let me clarify, James, real quick. I don't think he died of the actual, I mean, of the COVID, but I know he took the vaccine and he mm-hmm. had some complications to that due to his age and whatever his health concerns. So let me clarify that. But I mean, it is again, due to, if we didn't have the pandemic, he wouldn't have got the vaccine. Exactly. It would have been a no show. So, but so due to the, I should say, we lost another one due to this COVID, this COVID climate yes, and what's did. going on, yeah. Yeah. why he passed away. Cause I don't want to be misinformed, but, and then we lost Larry King, also the complications to after he dealt with the COVID virus as well. Mm-hmm. Legendary comment and uh, commentator, news anchor person, um, media media juggernaut. Um, man's interviewed everybody, you know, from Hank Aaron to everybody, across, everybody. you know, <laughs> across the world, man. And he was just a a really pillar in, I think, in the changing of the guard of the media. You know, from radio to TV to now the internet to now streaming podcasts and stuff like we're doing. The guy was just he was an unbelievable man as well. He was. He was. Uh, it, it was sad that that day, so WWE lost Hank, Hank Aaron. I think that was one year to the day that we lost yeah. Kobe. Yes. So, man, January is, is tough. Uh, yeah, man. But yeah, so and it, it was telling to see kind of the, the Lakers, and obviously this just makes sense, you know, are, are still dealing with it, with the mental trauma of, of you know, losing someone like, like Kobe Bryant. You know, as they still yeah. go on and try to play, try to live up to the legacy, try to live up to uh, you know the, the the mastery of the game of the of the community and things like that. So to, to hearing AD and LeBron talking about you know it, it still haunts them to this day, which which, which obviously makes sense, right? When you lose someone, like yeah. That. I, I mean, I think it haunts anybody that's a basketball fan. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a person that did everything right. You know, he did everything right as far as competing on the court. His 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 mentality, the way he won, he celebrated the way he lost. He hated it, yeah. um, and he relished in that. He relished in every moment he had to be successful. Um, and then even when he was when he was transforming from off the court to 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 to, to back to regular life, I should say, or or, or post basketball, um, 
he was uh, the ideal family man. He always had his daughter at the games, yeah. instructing her and doing those things, and and you know doing you know he was getting into the movies and doing he was just doing the right thing, man. That you're supposed to do as a community leader and as a as a guy that's kind of made it and successful and wants to give back. You know, I mean, Kobe's just man that guy. I hated him when he played because he used to kill the Kings <laughs> and he used to kill the Warriors and he killed those guys. But I, you know. I learned so much to appreciate him so more, so much after the game, and was rooting for him when he scored the sixty-one against Utah, and was rooting for him on the tail of his career because, man, that that dude was he was that guy, man. I mean, I know everybody wants to curse LeBron, and I don't want to get into the argument who's the goat and all that stuff, but to me, Michael Jordan's number one, yeah. and Kobe's right there at one A. I don't even know if he's two, but he's one A. Yeah, you know, right there as far as as far as you know what what the basketball game of basketball meant to me. That's true. Now, let me let me ask you about this. And, and you kind of touched on something that I want to ask you, because you tend to work with, again, the, the youth more and, and, and around direct um, athletics and from, from the school perspective. Is there anyone out there right now who's kind of stepping up to the plate and kind of trying to maybe they can't fill those shoes? But is, is do you see anyone in the sports world who is trying to carry that torch right trying trying to be that that leader that advocate let, let, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know lebron right he he is what he is he, he's the brand guy he, he's this he's that he's you know he's, he's all of those things but let's just stick to basketball for right now do you see anyone else you know really stepping up to the plate and saying you know what i want to be the one that you look towards as kind of the, the mentor, as the leader, as the example of clean sportsmanship, good sportsmanship, uh, that true uh-huh. ethic, you know, you know what I'm saying? I think, I think, I think LeBron is, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I'll support my point on it. I think LeBron, as much as a, a basketball, let's say his basketball IQ and Austin from the court, that's great. He's a great basketball player. We already know that he's one of the best. His off the court things that he does with the scholarships and building the schools, and always donating and, and leading in the voter registration and doing those types of things. LeBron is really trying to step up to be that leader. I think it's, I think it's so difficult in this position because people hate greatness. They do, you know, they just hate on greatness. They want to oppose it. And I think people fanatics get so caught up in just a sport. They don't look at the other side. I'm not a big fan of LeBron on the court. I, he plays for the team. I don't like, I don't like the Lakers, mm-hmm. but Remove that Lakers stuff and all the stuff he does for humanitarian and stuff he does. Man, the dude is the dude is the dude is far beyond to me Jordan in that re- retrospect. He does so much for the community and gives so much back. I mean, I remember, and I'll tell you a quick story. I remember me and my son got a pleasure to go to the championship. We got to go to the Warriors playing against uh, okay against, against Cleveland. We were there in the stands, and we happened to be sitting in next to um, a couple that was from Cleveland. And we were just, you know, she all oh, she was cheering. We were cheering for the Warriors. She was cheering for Cleveland. And she was like, oh, my goodness. And they had brought up about, hey, LeBron's giving scholarships to all the kids in Akron. And she was actually a teacher from there. Okay. And she was like, before this went public, she was like, I don't know if you know this, but LeBron pays for all of them to go to college. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. She goes to school or something like 560 kids that are in the school. He has a fund that pays for all of them to go to college. And he pays all the teachers extra up on top of their salary bonuses. Wow. I was like, really? She was, she was like, yes, she was a teacher. I don't know. Her and her husband were both there at the game of guest of him. We were sitting right by Chris Broussard. That was above us and Chauncey Phillips. 
we're right there. We had got some really good seats from a good friend of mine. He wasn't <laughs> able to go. So we were sitting there, man. And this lady, she was telling, she's like, I don't think people realize how much he does for, for Akron and for, for the, the place of Cle- for uh, the city of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He really gives a lot. I mean, so that right there, man, that, that tells a lot of his, of his, of his character and who he has. Let's also remember LeBron hasn't been in any trouble as far as legals that we know of. It doesn't look like he has any kids outside of his wedding, so he's not out there running around. Hey, he that's, his- that's truth right there. I mean, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you say that kind of, you know, easy, but, you know, that, that's that's real. Yeah, and that's reality, yeah, yeah. right? Especially when yeah. high-profile, you know, black High-profile, yeah, yeah. He takes his craft very, very serious. He's very passionate about his craft. Yeah. Um, he never He's never defaced or shamed any of the organizations he's been about. And the fact that he stands up for what he stands and show and loses his platform to, to express his political awareness, his political stand on things, and making people aware. I can't – the man to me right there, that to me what makes him a GOAT. Mm-hmm. Basketball-wise, I'm a Michael Jordan fan on the court. On the court, he's not the GOAT yeah. to me. Off the court, he's probably the GOAT – he's probably the best athlete that does that next to Jim Brown, you know, to me, in my eyes. Next to Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali. Those are the other two that really lately – they use their platform. But LeBron does that, man, and I applaud him so much for, for that kind of for – for the things that he does on that retrospect. And I think people – don't give him enough credit in that in that in that retrospect. And you know, I think it's it's interesting though that we now start talking about athletes and their platform, right? We we we've never we never talked about that before the dawn of social media, before you know Facebook and Twitter and all, and all these all of this before the athletes were also a brand themselves, right? Mm-hmm. It was just shoe deals it was just a, a deal with Reebok or Nike or whatever the case may be but now again we're talking about um, the types of things of what they do outside of the sport and so much of the culture so much of, of the youth I think are looking to the athlete for how they feel on certain issues right well, I, so, I, yeah we, we gotta, gotta rewind it back to like our time we had African American leaders or cultural leaders that were in our community. Mm-hmm. We had we we know we were post era of the Martin Luther King, Malcolm X era. We're we're right after that. They still had community leaders that were involved. I think this era, as things kind of got better, they kind of went away, and now they don't have that. So I think pre Kaepernick, there was nothing there. They there it was just sports and people kind of live. Post Kaepernick, it's really important for you to to utilize your your platform mm-hmm. to express what's right because now we're seeing and now they're seeing and now the world is seeing Kaepernick was right. It's okay to bring social awareness of something that was wrong, which is injustice, which is police brutality mm-hmm. done on people of color in these urban communities. He was right to say that. The NFL even has uh, something that they they they're, they subtly admit they were wrong about what they done right. by not acknowledging and doing that. Now, would do we agree his 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 him taking a knee or not? That's for each individual to decide. But the thing is, he did bring awareness. He brought he brought it to the, the light. He we saw the ramifications that does happen with police brutality in in some of these communities by the deaths of some of these the deaths of the George Floyd's and and so on and so on. Right. And now and now. I think athletes are saying, you know what? I need to use my platform to address some issues as well, and, and, and we need to ball jump on board. And I think it just unifies us. I know there's people out there that hate it and doesn't like it, but no matter what, you're thinking about it, either consciously exactly. or subconsciously. You're thinking yeah. about it, and that's the most important thing. That's that, and and that's kind of the the, the goal I was tra- I was trying to get to. Right? I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a great thing. I I honestly honestly wish more 
folks in influential positions and places uh, were, you know, they got a lot of eyes on them would actually speak up and be more vocal. So mm-hmm. uh, shouts out and props to the ones that are doing that, taking advantage of their platform, uh, helping others along the way. I mean, I, I knew LeBron was paying for those kids college, but I didn't know he was hooking up the teachers too. I mean, I mean, just those kinds of things, right. And, and doing it without asking or wanting it to necessarily be publicized, just doing it because, yep. That's what he's doing, right? Good human being, good, good person, those those kind of things. So, so absolutely, absolutely. Giving back to his community, man. Shout out to LeBron, man. That dude, that dude is. I don't know. I like I said on the basketball court, he's a guy I'm rooting against because I don't want him to win because he's so good. But he's in the same retrospect, man. When he Susie Lakes takes off those shoes and puts on that business suit, I'm his yeah. biggest fan. I'm one of yeah. his biggest fans. Yeah, I love it. So let's see here. I, I was I was gonna say some of some of the, the gear he wears. I, I can't rock some of the gear he's wearing. Though. I feel like I mean, I, I, he's wearing them medium sometimes, but I, I need I need a little more. Hey man, he he, he better than Westbrook and some of the other cats. So I'm I'm all good with him. He cool. He cool with me. <laughs> oh, and Cam Newton and his hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah, some Cam of the cats. I, I love it. I love. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let, let's talk. Let's let's. Switch uh, sports right quick and talk about some more uh, uh, things that happened this week that we did not expect. Mm-hmm. Your boy McGregor stepped into uh, into the ring, talking a lot. Look, McGregor is is the greatest showman uh, and draw for for UFC. MMA. In other words, yeah, M- yeah, right. So, yeah. Anytime he opens his mouth, there's cameras and and there's people just 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 wondering what he's going to say, what he's going to do. He said I was gonna knock this boy out in, in, in the second in the second round. Nah, bruh. Nah, bruh. 180 Ooh. degrees. You got you. <laughs> I should fire up the, the line from Friday. <laughs> you got man, out in the second man, round. Um, man, I, I, that, man. Yeah, man. I'm not and I'm not I'm not a big MMA fan. I I, I don't normally watch MMA. I'm not a big follower. Not that I, you know, the, I'm not a big fan of the sport. I just I haven't really gotten to it yet because I don't know know a lot about it. Yeah. But McGregor, I happened to get, I got a chance to watch the fight. First round, let, let me let me take you through what I was. The first round, McGregor was on dude. He was, I mean, he was knocking him. He was. It looked like he was timing him with his boxing punches. It looks like he, I thought he was going to be going to be able to catch the dude with an overhand overhand left because the guy kept leaving himself open when he kept kicking him to the thigh, and then. He gets a break. It goes to the second round. McGregor's kind of doing the same thing. It looks like he's about to tee him up. And old boy caught him with a in a in a, in, in with a only with a right hand. And McGregor's chin looked like Roy Jones Jr. at the end of his career. Man, brother, man, just went. I mean, he I mean he put it. He didn't knock him out. He put him to sleep. Put him down. Put him down. And, and the fact of the matter that 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 he was talking all that. And I don't mind. That's part of the showmanship to kind of yeah. hype the fight up. That's great. But I, but I think really they need to start looking on as far as health reasons for him because you can't take that kind of blows with those kind of gloves and can, and, and can sustain longevity in playing. I mean, in, in, in that kind of boxing because we saw it with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Telling his career, he starts getting hit. We saw it with Mike Tyson. He started getting hit in that chin. You yep. start going down. You saw with Roy Jones Jr. As they get older, as guys get older, they're not able to sustain. And, and, and I think it starts to become dangerous at that point. Yeah, for well, them. You, you put a whole nother element in it too, right? When UFC, when you got them out there, they're yeah. not a kicking, right? Now they're actually kneeing folks. And Knee and elbows right? in the face, man. So, they're, they're, yeah. You know, no holes barred when yeah. they're out there. And, and and you're right. But the challenge with that, McGregor, is that draw that I was saying. And you know what? If he wants yeah. to come back at any time, 
the sport is going to let him come back. But you're right. See, from, from a safety perspective, they yeah. someone needs to look out for him. He needs to have someone see, around him saying, hey, brother, you need to, you need to ease up. And, and, and like you said, I, I have a problem. I know he's the big drawer. I know, and I, I know he's the money man and he's the bag man. But it, that that needs to transcend to someone else. MMA and UFC needs to point, start putting that money to somebody, someone else to make them the bigger draw. It's all about who you, it's all about who you hype up. Let's be, let's be real. Ronda Rossi, she was the hype machine yeah. for a while yeah. until she got knocked out. And she got you know, knocked she out. Got, and then yeah, she started she got, acting. She was on. She, she was said, on I'm out. I'm, I'm going. I'm not doing this no more. Yeah. She, she, she got TV her bag and said, I'm out. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, I think that's not, that's not a Conor McGregor thing. That's a, who you want to put the hype machine and the money behind thing. Yeah to be successful and to carry the torch, as they say, in the in the next sport. I really do, man. I, I think for his safety, though, I mean, I know the ref got in there really early, but I, I don't know if people watched it right after, but he couldn't get up. I mean, he he really, I mean, he was out, yeah. out. And yeah. since he was out, out like that, coupled with the, all the previous blows he had before, and now he's he, he's lost with two of his last three fights. Yes. um, Pretty bad. Man, now it's like, okay, now it's not about a money thing. It's like, you'll see, do you want a lawsuit in your hand by this man actually having permanent brain damage or him actually being permanently hurt on the, on on just to get some ratings? I mean, at yeah. some point, we as fans got to draw the line as our well selves and be like, hey, man, you know, that that's that's getting a little bit too much to have this this person fight, you know, getting get, get in there and fight. It's not worth it. Me personally, I don't think it's worth it. No, I I, I actually completely agree with you. I, I did not see the fight. I didn't I didn't buy it, but uh watched the highlights and I'll, I'll watch the replays of it and all. But uh, I, I agree. You know, I, I do listen when I hear him talking because it's always comedy. Right. It, it's it's mm-hmm. always entertaining to hear what, what whatever madness McGregor is talking about. And then when he got out there, got knocked down again, this the second fight in a row is just and to, to hear how brutally it was right again just, mm-hmm. just to get just to get knocked down and and um so fast and then so 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 hard i you're, you're right something needs to happen but uh, i i think that's a long time coming because again the, the popularity of the sport the, the popularity of the persons that we're, we're talking about as well they're going to give him another million or so dollars to come back again next year or in another yeah. eight months but, but see, at this point now it, we're, we're paying just to see him get his ass whooped yeah, it's not yeah. it's not for him to win or him to be competitive. It's we're going to be watching him to get his ass whooped. That's I mean, that's going to be the kind of thing we want to hear him talk crap, hear mm-hmm. him go out there. And then they want to see this older man get his ass whooped by a younger guy and, 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 and possibly get hurt. I think that's where, you know, the guys of MMA or UFC need to be like, man, is it is it really worth it to do that when we should be putting that hype machine money down behind somebody where we can make ourselves a mega fight? Um you know, but it's but it's. I mean, you're right. It's been historically done through all the boxing. They always did it in boxing the same way. They'll let a guy get so old and and start to fight these young guys until he does have situations where long term, it's a long term effect on his life, and also it's a dangerous situation. Yeah. As far as far as it's concerned, so I don't know, man. I, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm I'm not the biggest UFC fan, so guys, please don't crucify me on that. But I just think there <laughs> needs to be some kind of. Some kind of, you know, there needs to be some kind of either ruling or balancing, or they need to make sure they they make sure they get him right if they're going to let him get back in the ring. Yeah, sure. your, your your Twitter about to be blowing up with, uh, yeah, with man, all kind of hate <laughs> tweets and everything. You know, hashtag. Oh no, man. Yeah, they they gonna like that, but I mean, you know, I go. It's all good. I could take the heat if, if it come. If hey, it's coming. It's all right. That's so. Yeah. We, we was talking about old folks, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Old folks out there probably doing some things probably longer than. The majority of folks think that they should be. However, 
there's one dude who is uh maybe over 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 the age of probably being 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 effective, but he that he he doesn't he doesn't read that book. He hadn't read that. Oh no, man, that Tom, Tom Brady, Brady is. Dude. I mean, I, I you know, it's hard to say he's not the greatest. You know, it's it's hard to say he's not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I mean, he's about to have ten appearances in the Super Bowl. Think about this: we're Philip Rivers just retired. Yeah, Peyton Manning retired a couple of years ago. Eli Manning retired a couple of years ago. Drew Brees is, is about to retire. Yeah, Drew Brees. Oh man, that was so sad. I mean, uh, these these guys. I mean, I don't think people realize how great Drew Brees and Philip Rivers and those guys are. And Peyton Manning was great. Brady's not only outlasted them in playing and defeated them, he's going on another Super Bowl and will be competing again for another Super Bowl next year. Brand so, new team, brand new it, coach, brand new system. Right. So it, it, it wasn't just Belichick. Right. No. Well, I, 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 I'll slow down on that. It's not Belichick, but the system is not too more far different from what Belichick ran. You know, he okay. ran verticals and he runs verticals and he runs guys up under and Brady's able to see. Arians is just letting Brady do, and he's he's been quoted as saying it too. Look, it, yeah. every once in a while, he'll he'll just close the playbook and just say, you know, <laughs> do what you need to do. You're you're out there. You've been here before. Take us. Yes. With. So yes, and, and I mean, and, and again, I, I think don't get me wrong. Belichick's to me, Belichick's probably the greatest coach ever. One of the greatest coaches yeah. ever. He's about, he's definitely on my Mount Rushmore as coaches. Yeah, yeah I'm a fan. Um, of him, so yeah, yeah. But I believe though, I believe Brady them giving Brady the the the, the keys to the car and say drive is what's made that made that team kind of go because now he's able to call things that he feels comfortable with doing. He he's getting to and let's be real. He doesn't know all of his receivers. He doesn't know them all yet. He's mm-hmm. only been with those guys for a year. True. So he doesn't know them as good as, and for him to have them excel and be at the position they are in right now, to be to be competing in the Super Bowl, man, that just speaks volumes. Volumes, and I'm not talking about his play on the field. I'm talking about his leadership. Yeah. I'm talking about his communication. I'm talking about the way he handles himself. I mean, those dudes is following that that guy, and that guy's he's got greatness written all written all over him. So, man, go. I, 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 I mean, see, we're we're talking about a common trait when we, when we talk about. The Hank Aaron's, the Kobe Bryant's, the LeBron James's, the, the Drew Brees's, the Tom Brady's—they really put that time and for the work. They understand the process. They know the playbooks forward and backwards. They—I mean—they—they they put in that effort every single yes. day, practice yeah. and at games, and they stand straight when they come out there, and and they just—they exude confidence. It's not cockiness. No, it's confidence, and it, it, it's just awareness of all the situations, and and that's who you want under center. That's who you want. Leading the fast break, that that's who you want. Uh, yeah. batting clean up, you know, going out there yeah. at the base. You, 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 you want a guy that is, con- I want a guy just right there, that borderline cockiness and confidence mm-hmm. that is willing to take that shot, that is willing to make that basket, that is willing to swing that bat, that is willing to pitch that hard pitch. They feel they, they're so confident in themselves, they're confident enough to fail. And I don't think people get that concept enough. Yeah, because today's, so, today's game actually was a little sloppy. He had yeah. uh, three interceptions. Three, three interceptions. You're, right. you're confident enough to fail. And a lot of people aren't confident enough to fail. People want to get to a situation where they could possibly fail, throw the ball away, they give the ball up. They don't want to be they don't want to be a part of that failure part. Mm-hmm. These guys are confident enough to fail. And I think that's a trait that a lot of people don't have. I mean, including ourselves. We're not confident enough to fail because we don't want to fail at work. We don't want to put ourselves in a situation where we get because you know what comes with failure, there's comes consequence. Yeah. People don't want to deal with those consequences. 
But those guys that are over the top, and, and, and luckily it's in sports, they are confident enough to fail. And when they fail, they, they learn from it, they thrive from it, they, they feel from it, and they go in the next time and they go in and they're willing to prove people wrong that it's not failure. I yeah. think that's the one attribute that the Tom Brady's and all the great ones have. They're confident they're they are they're confident enough to fail in order to make in order to become successful in the long run. And I wonder, can that be taught, or do you think that that's just that's something innate? Now, again, he was he was drafted number one ninety nine. He nobody wanted Brady when he came I, out of school. I think it's something that you that you develop. I don't know if it's taught, yeah, but I think it's definitely something you develop because you know success starts to bring more success. And how do you become more successful? You know what? Hey, I failed. I think mean, well, I think that one poster that has Michael Jordan on there. He says he missed a million free throws, or he missed twenty thousand game winning shots, and he missed all these things. He's he's had all these failures that drove him to be successful. Right. But the thing is, he wasn't afraid to fail. True. He wasn't afraid to take that last shot. He wasn't afraid to bring the ball down and, and, and have that turnover. He wasn't afraid to do those things. And then those things, you know, what has ended up happening is started when success started to happen. He's like, I've been here before, <laughs> you know, now I, I know what the bad end is in. Now I know what the good it is. I think yeah. Brady's the same thing. I, I've, I've been in so many situations, been going out to 10 Super Bowls. I know what it does, feels like to fail and I don't want that feeling no more. And I know what it does to be successful. So I'm going to do everything to lead my team to be successful That's and continue to be that way. So I think it's something that's taught. It's, yeah. it's it's definitely something that's gradually taught in great players, and you see it in you see it in young guys that are coming up. You know they missed the winning shot. Dang. Yeah. You you see the ones that come back the next game, they score two or three points. They they're not as effective. But then you see the ones that come back the next game, and they're driving even harder. They're trying to be be, be even better than they were yesterday game to make sure they get the win. So I think it's just something that's a gradually taught process. But I do believe not everyone has that attitude. Not everyone has that mannerism. No one ever had. Not everyone has that character to be able to drive that way to do it. Because yeah. I, I, I always say, and I always feel, and you know, and, and this is just how I. Pers- I can't motivate you. You you have to have that internally of yourself to be motivated, and to be driven, and to be passionate, and things like that. I can mm-hmm. I can give you the keys. I can show you the tools and all that. But if you don't take those, I, I can teach you. I can take you to the water. I can give you a fishing pole. I can I can teach you how to do it, right. But if you don't actually take the initiative, throw the line in the water and, 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 and go through the process in and of it yourself, fail, succeed and, and understand what makes you better. You don't I, eat. I, I, you can't you eat. Don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't eat. <laughs> and, and, and in these competitive leagues right now, you don't eat. You don't play. You get pulled down to the G League or you get mm-hmm. you get sent home, whatever the case. Yeah, is. Yeah. It's, it's no joke because it's, it's business. It's not. Just, it, 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 and you know, what it is because business. The game because there's someone right behind you that's just as hungry, hungry. that still wants that wants an opportunity mm-hmm. to fail. Just like the same way you got the opportunity, and I'm not saying success. Everybody, everyone always talk about the success part. Remember, all those dudes are professional athletes. They are the best of the best. That's why they're there. So success has come to the, all these guys all their lives. Now it's who when you're bet one wants the best and the best. Who's afraid to fail and learn from that failure in order to be more successful in the long run? Yeah. Those, those, those are the different attributes in, in, in the way you learn from them is now oh, I got to study film because they got me last time. I got to make sure I know everything they're doing. So next time they don't get me or you know what? I got to be able to get quicker or I got to get stronger because man, they beat my body up last time before I do. Those I think are the attributes that no one really talks about, but those are the serious attributes. That I think those guys, those great ones have that, that separates them from the rest of the pack. 
Yeah. And I think, and a lot of it's mental because I mean, cause mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, the body and you talk about hitting the gym. I mean, when you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at a Tom Brady, you look at Patrick Mahomes, they don't, they don't look like they spend a lot of time in a day in the gym. Right. I mean, but, but you know what they spend, they, 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 they are conditioned. They're, they're got the athletic athleticism, but you know, they're, they're not out there just trying to get that highest bench or they're not out there trying to get the, the biggest squad yeah. this may be, but you know, they, they've got that mental aspect as well. And, and they're on a regimen. You, you, you get it right. They're on a regimen. They're on a constant regimen to be successful. My diet's a regimen. My, the way I lift, the way I work out is a regimen. The way I approach and the way I study the game is a regimen. The way the you know the way I prepare is a regimen. I think those guys have set regimens and they don't break it for anything. You know they go into they go into the things they go into doing those things great every time they do them and be successful. You're absolutely right. They're not the biggest guys in the world because they're not looking at that. But also let's be honest. You know their job doesn't require you to be like that. True. You know what I'm saying? If their job required them to be like that, then I'm sure they would be that way. But and their job, their like job, Lamar, right? Like Lamar <laughs> has, has got some size on him. He, he, he takes somebody down. If he yeah, wants. yeah. Those guys' jobs, they're not required to be that way, so they're, they're not that way. But I'm going to tell you right now, I bet you their regimen is second to none. And and we can we can tell you, and I can tell you the difference is, Tom Brady went to a new team without Belichick, right? Look at the success for he had because he's doing everything and he had the pieces around him. Yeah. No, he didn't have all the right pieces, but he didn't have nowhere near success. Cam Newton. Cam Newton went from a new team to what's name. And Cam Newton's historically not having a good regimen or a good background when it comes out. He's always dependent just on his athleticism and not the playbook and, and, and working on his craft that strong. Mm-hmm. So there, there's two guys, and I'm a big fan of Cam, but, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. Cam, Cam's not the guy that he's not that kind of guy True. where Brady can move maneuver around and do everything he needs to do. His regimen is impeccable. Cam's is not as impeccable, and you can see the success factor. Well, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of open positions next season. <laughs> because we we, we we winded down the, the the year so far, we got we already know who's going to be playing. Uh, shouts out to Tampa Bay; they're going to be hosting the Super Bowl on 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 February the seventh. We're trying to see if uh, looks like these Chiefs may 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 be the ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's thirty eight fifteen right now against them Bills. The Bills that was a long shot. It was, it was, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bill, Bills can't take nothing. You can't take nothing away from Bills. Bills and Cleveland, I think, are the next two teams up. That's going to be competing real, real hard, along with Kansas City. As long as Kansas City got Mahomes, they always going to be a factor, as you know, for the next couple of years. But I believe Kansas City, the Cleveland Browns, and the Buffalo Bills are a couple of teams that are here to stay, um, and, and going to be somebody that's going to be constantly in the playoffs. Why everyone else now is starting the rebuilding processes. The great teams are starting the rebuilding processes. I think we're not going to have. I think Kansas City is going to be running around, but everybody, it's not going to be where they can run that ten, seven, eight, ten year run. Like they before, they can always be in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a higher turnover. Like teams are making for six years, seven years, and then I, that's when they got to start rebuilding, and the fall off process kind of starts to happen. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, Cleveland and, and, and uh, uh, Buffalo is here to stay. Kansas City, as long as Mahomes is healthy and they, they stay healthy, they're going to be here to stay in the AFC part. And then I think it's going to be some drastically changes, like you said. I think a breeze is tires from New Orleans Saints. And Michael Thomas is now going into surgery. And doing, what are they going to be looking like next year? I mean, I love Sean Payton as a coach, but I'm not quite sure how that dynamic even works out right there. We we already know what Belichick is able to do. Well, let's Belichick get the quarterback that he wants, and let's see what happens there. Does that t- does a change in the guard or make them improve? Miami's got probably one of the most awesome defenses in the NFL. 
They got to get their offense straight. Tua's there. They got some pieces to build around. I think, man, you got a lot of things that's going to happen in the NFL coming up this offseason that is just as exciting as it's going to happen on February 7th. <laughs> you are, I mean, you already broke some news to me. Uh, like I said, I guess my phone wasn't giving my, my updates on my, on my Steelers. Yeah. I didn't even realize Haskins is, is now from Washington to, to Pittsburgh. Uh, so you, you, know, you, you think about that dynamic of, of Big Ben now having someone else competing for the starting position. You think about the fact that um, uh, the Packers, Right, mm-hmm. they, they they drafted first round quarterback. So yep, love, uh, yep, love I mean, from Utah State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Aaron was, was, was you know he was thinking about that. He he'll say that he wasn't concerned or probably wasn't thinking about yeah. it, but he was thinking about that. He's like, okay, so so this is what y'all are gonna do to me, right? So mm-hmm. those are the kinds of dynamics I think that you, that you're saying are gonna be changing at those critical positions. Uh, yeah, it's interesting you say that because it's funny Aaron is acting that way. Because Aaron, they, Brett Favre acted the same way when they drafted Aaron, which <laughs> yeah. is funny, which is kind of uh, kind of ironic. You know, we look twelve years later, like you. That's what Brett said about you when you came into the no league, word. and now you're saying no it's about word. love. <laughs> so, so that's that's kind of ironic. I always laugh about that, but I do believe, like you said, in the Pittsburgh situation with them drafting Haskins, it's going to be interesting. Because I'm not going. I mean, Ben's been pretty quiet after the playoff loss. Yeah. You know. And and we all know Ben can still throw the ball a lot, but the game is starting to speed up for him. I mean, I mean, as I mean, getting getting too fast for him at some at some points at critical points. I don't know if he comes back, man. I think this is the one year more so than any of those other years when he was talking about retiring. This is the one year he has to sit back and analyze, like, do I really want to do this again? Because if I do mess up, before there was no backup. Now yeah. I have a guy that they're grooming to be be to take over for me. That's why they got him for this one year to see if he can actually even beat me out. So what happens now? Um, I think now the question is, do I want to go into training camp and compete against this guy? And if he does beat me out, am I, am I, am I, am I a player or adult enough to take the backup role? Whoever thought Ben Roethlisberger would be a backup role. Yeah, and I don't see, I can't see it. Yeah, so that, I'm not that, quite that, sure what's that, going to happen. Right coming out your mouth right there. That, yeah, that, man. That, I, <laughs> to be honest, be, to be honest with you, I think no disrespect to Ben, but I think from a business aspect, they might waive him. Um, it just, it does it right now at this point, if you're not going to go with him as your starting quarterback and going with him as your future, it doesn't make any sense for the front office to keep Ben on payroll because he's not going to humble himself to be the backup quarterback. And if you want to move forward, Haskins has to get on page with, with, with the Juju and the rest of the receiving, uh, receiving court and get himself right to be able to do that. Be the guy. I know they only signed Haskins for one year, but I think he's the guy that they, they kind of typically want to be able to take over the franchise. And he has the skill set. He just had a, Whatever was going on in Washington just wasn't working for him. Hopefully, yeah. Tomlin can turn that around and get him right. And if he gets him right, I think it's going to be a, it's going to get crazy in Pittsburgh. It can almost be a distraction because the, the locker room is going to yeah. be divided. Who wants to go with Ben? Who wants to go with Haskins? Yeah, yeah. So, what, what team you with? Who who you riding with? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure, man. That's going to be that's going to be a rough call. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they wave Ben right before the draft. I would. It would. It wouldn't shock me at all. So so much is happening. I mean, we we talk a lot of NFL just because you know it's it's still going on and because mm-hmm. you know that that's you know it, it's front of mind. You know, so not just the players. You know, we we talk constantly too about who's getting into leadership roles and leadership positions, and and, and wish there was a little more um, uh, diversity, a little little more selection. You know, within that, uh, so I think all the major sports, right? Uh, again, you, you know, you, yeah. Football. You look at baseball. You look at um, 
uh, what, whatever, hockey, you know, what, whatever the sport yeah. is. I mean, we, we just need to make it more of, of a melting pot and more of, of giving everyone a shot and an opportunity at some of those key and critical roles. Yeah, I, I'm with you, especially at the head coaching role, which has been the hot topic, uh, yeah. obviously, with all the news. Yeah. Um, and it, it's funny, all those jobs were open. And they gave every excuse why they weren't hiring African-Americans. You know, the Atlanta job, Detroit job, the Jets job. They kind of gave all their dynamic and spew why they didn't want to. It looks like Texas is, is, is going to hire an African-American coach. I know they still have an interview, again, I believe, with Todd Bowles and with Eric Bieniemy. Um, as soon as they get a break, they got their second interview coming up. But we also know that, you know, there was four candidates, man. Byron Leftwich is one of the best offensive coordinators in the league, who's, who's offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles is also the defensive coordinator. Um, and we know Eric Bieniemy over there at uh, Kansas City's office quarter, and they have Leslie Frazier. All these guys are dynamic guys that that, that deserve the right to be head coaches. Yeah. I can't say some of those coaches that get hired deserve the right to be head coaches because they haven't they haven't put in the legwork that some of these gentlemen have in order to be there. And for the NFL not not to give these guys or some of these franchises not to give these guys an interview is like a slap in the face. I mean, yeah. I love Urban Meyer. Like I said, at least an interview, right? Yeah, yeah. Urban Meyer, man, I have nothing against Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is probably one of the greatest college Mm -hmm. coaches ever. But we've seen what great college coaches, when they do come to the the NFL, they're not as successful. A la la, uh, um, um, Nick Saban. Hey, I'm about to say, Saban came up, right? Saban came into the Miami Dolphins, and he couldn't handle it. Man, I need to go back to Alabama so I can get all these rings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So so just because you're successful in college, this necessarily is going to transcend over to the pros. Now Harbaugh did it, but that window expired as well. You know, and he's having a tra- he's having a tough transition tra- transitioning back down. Um, I just don't. I mean, don't. I, Urban Meyer may may or may not have deserved the opportunity, but so have these guys. These guys have earned the opportunity as well. So I think I would wish Jacksonville would have gave them at least the opportunity to interview and go for it. I wish. You know, I wish Detroit definitely would have gave those guys the opportunity to go ahead and go for it. I wish Philly. Philly's another funny situation with their with them hiring the new coach. I heard that um I was watching a special that do Staley, do Staley, the the longtime Eagle that played there and was a coach there, was the team favorite. Everybody in the team wanted him to become the head coach. Um obviously the head of the organization wanted to go a different way. And now Deuce Deuces wants to be removed from the team. He doesn't want to honor, he wants to be let let go of his contract as a coach there and then no longer wants to participate there. So I think there's there's a definitely struggle. Somewhere in the NFL, um, and I don't—I'm not in that intertwining, so I don't know. But there has to, there's some type of power struggle about giving African Americans, you know, or men of color, an opportunity to, to coach. I mean, I'm, I love that Ron Rivera is a coach mm-hmm. over in Washington D.C. I love yeah. that Tomlin's a head coach. Those are great. Those are great opportunities. But when you have rosters that are made of a men of color that are 80 percent of men of color, I'm not quite sure why we can't lead. You know, why, why they don't feel comfortable to sleep. They like us being these DCs and these OCs, but they don't want us in positions to lead these organizations and these teams. And, and when you do that, I, I agree. I think you should hold us to the same standard as everybody else. Oh, definitely. But you definitely. should, but you should, but you should give us an opportunity to do it and let us present our resume just like we present someone else and take off the color blinders and say, Hey, is this the best person or the best fit for my organization? That's true. You know, and, 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 if, and if that's not, if he's not, then that's different. But to not give a person an interview, then you'll never know if they were or they weren't. That's true. You know, and I'm not talking about the phone interview. I don't understand why you could fly some guys in. So, I mean, one of the guys, I think the, the Detroit head coach, the, the guy that got the Detroit job, it was the Detroit or Philly job. He's never been a head coach. He's been a quarterback coach. So how's a quarterback coach more qualified than an OC? 
I, I always think about the the whole Spolster thing, right? Again, coming from the film room, and then yeah. now now he's the head. Co- I mean, again, again, that's someone again who completely removed from a lot of the the, the real dynamics. I think of the game, but you know, he came had had a little bit yeah. of success because he had he had a couple of good decent players, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he made that. Happen. But but again, you're right. There needs to be more of an of an, of an equitable. Um, Decision making process and just qualification process. Again, let, let let us put the suit on and come in the room and, and draw on the whiteboard and you know and and tell yeah. you what, our, what our scheme is, what our plan. Is. Absolutely, and I, and I, I think it's I think it's coming, and I, I think that kind of goes back to kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's a lot of these athletes, the ones that are in position, the ones that are in uh, vocal power, are using that platform that we've talked about and saying this needs to change, this needs to be adjusted. You know, we, we need to open up the, 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 the Rolodex and find some of these other folks who have these types of skills and things like that. So I, I think it's going to be folks like us having these conversations, having these awkward conversations, and also the folks that are actually out there on the field, out there on the court, out there on, on the diamond that are that are ev- would eventually be playing for these coaches that are, mm-hmm. that are speaking up as well. So, But, but the, the, if you're hitting it right on the head. I think that trickles down, though. Because we're still having the same thing in college coaches. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of African American head coaches at the collegiate level. You know, there, 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 there's there's not. And if you go to the grand scheme of high school, same thing. There's not a lot of African American head yeah. coaches across the board. So this is something that's kind of. It's it. I don't know where, where the the mirror comes from, or why it's like that, or why the image why the imagery is like that. Yeah. Um, and I know, and, and and yes, if you're not qualified, that's different. That's a different. If you're not qualified, obviously you don't get the job. But you can't tell me that Eric Bieniemy, who's now going to a second Super Bowl, mm-hmm. is the OC of, of Kansas City and has been successful everywhere he stopped at, is not qualified to be a coach. When you take a quarterback coach that wasn't very successful and now he's a head coach. Yeah. So when you have those cross dynamics that don't match, that's what comes into question. No, hey, if you got a guy that's just as qualified as Eric Bieniemy and he happens to be white, by all means, if you feel comfortable with him, then you hire him. There you go. I, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But if the resumes don't match and you hire someone with a lesser resume and you, you didn't even get the person with a better it. resume, uh, the opportunity, then what, what, where, what are we else? What, what else are we supposed to question? Yeah. What was the issue? Uh, this guy's his resume doesn't weigh t- to this guy's resume. Um, this guy's winning. This guy's winning. Everything is the same except the resume is different. This guy's just resume is more beefier, but he can't get an interview and he gets hired. That's where I think we have a problem, and that's why you hear the screams and cries from men of color or, or fans of color saying, why aren't we getting the opportunity yeah. to become head coaches? And I think that people don't understand that dynamic. They think, oh, they just want more black coaches or they're just crying. No, I'm I'm saying if the resumes, ma- if the resumes don't match and someone's is better, then that one's is better should go up to the top regardless of what their skin color is yeah. and regardless of what gender they are. It, that should go up top. Let's interview this person. Now, if there's a, 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 a you don't, it doesn't fit you know, culturally, he doesn't fit our culture or he doesn't run the scheme that we want to run, then express that. But you can't just go say, hey, we're going to take this guy in over you and we're not, we're going to dismay you. Yeah. That defeats the whole thing for what the NFL was trying to put in place to make sure, you know, people of color had an opportunity to be able to coach in their, in their organization. You know, we, 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 let's, let's keep talking about it. Let's keep bringing, let's, let's keep bringing in folks yeah. who are in, in those boardrooms who can, who can answer those questions because they, they need to be accountable for that. Uh, but 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 again, you're right, and I and I think it's it's too slow, but it's eventually it's moving mm-hmm. in that direction, right? Again, yeah. it, it, it's it's not it's moving at the snail's pace. It's not at the space that we would like it to, but you know, um, 
there 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 is momentum. Let's just let's yeah just, yeah. Oh no no, there's change, man. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, well, well, there's change because if it was you know back in the day, we didn't have anybody <laughs> anywhere. So we're definitely making progress. I mean, I'm not I'm not I don't want to halt the progress at all. I mean, we, we, you know, we're here having our candid conversations that we're yeah. supposed to, and people listen to. I'm just saying candidly, you know, we would like the process to be a little bit speedier. And I salute the Texans. The Texans look like they're they're, they're going to go in that direction. Um, at least give those guys the interview to see if they're the right fit for their organization. And then, you know, we'll, we'll have one more in the league and, and, and it'll be another good representation. And hopefully he has success though to generate more from them to trust more African-Americans at, at the helm. That's true. That's true. You know, we definitely uh, talk about, again, the, the scores. Uh, we mm-hmm. talk about the, the teams, the, the different dynamics of that. But, you know, again, one of the hallmarks of this this show is really talking about the social impact of sport. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that that really kind of brings into this statement here uh, that, that was asked to us on YouTube. Now, why do the Bills stay in the locker room during the national anthem? And that that there are two teams that still do that from the um, from the NFL's perspective, right? The the Bills mm-hmm. and the Jets have, have have chosen this season that to be their stance towards social social. You know, it, it's it's a weird catch twenty two, right? I mean, because again, you, you think about folks who are you know, military families. Military wait, wait, families. before before you go there, before you go there, before you go there. Okay, how is it the catch twenty two? How is the catch twenty two when the people that just stormed the White House was talking about for their freedom of speech and their rights? That's the right I'm to do going. what they want to do. Where I was going. So, bro. oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so <laughs> why why is why is, why is, if these guys don't want to come out or they choose as a team not to come out and not show any disrespect to the national anthem. Yeah. You know, or they don't want fans to feel they're being disrespectful to the flag or the national anthem. So they choose to stay in and they come out and do their warm ups. I don't see anything thing wrong with that collectively. It's not a disrespect to the country. No one the, the, the protest and everything is not even about the flag or the or the song. But the, it does show that they have solidarity towards something that's, that that are injustices within our communities and that those need to be addressed. And someone needs to say something, and they're using their platform, like you said, to do it. So, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, brother Higgs. No, I, I did, I did, I did, but I don't know why someone would say, "Well, why did why are they staying in there? Well, why did you storm the White House?" But you know why? Because they felt that that was their right to do, right, wrong, or indifferent. Now, me, me personally, I'll talk about the me, me, my my personal feelings on the NFL. I think the NFL once they realized it was a wrong thing that was going on. Like, yes, we are also against social injustices and police brutality. I think they should have said, you know what, Colin Kaepernick, won't you be our spokesperson because you have the knowledge about doing this? B- the NFL is a multi-billion dollar business. Mm. That, in the, that is a marketing campaign will cost them hardly nothing. They have all the NFL people that will be willing to speak for that and have these campaigns not only on their stadium platforms, but also they will go on commercials as well to say, we stand behind the social injustices. If anybody on this platform that's listening to this that does like social injustice, you can kiss my black twice and get on off. I can care less. But if we're all on the same page and you know that, that police brutality is wrong, the social injustice is wrong, things need to be corrected in the correct in the correctional system to make sure these things are addressed, then I don't see any reason why not bringing awareness to that. That's that's important that we bring awareness, just like we're bringing awareness to anything else that's wrong. Now, see, I was going to come at it from from the right field. You came at it from the left field. <laughs> we were going to meet in the middle, but you, you, you had passion there and it's and it's all good. I'm, uh, I, I was also shouting out the, uh, the person who left that message because I believe 
that that's the elder right there. I, I believe that's Brother James Hicks Sr. Oh uh, man, salute! And and and, 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 and we need to fix his his YouTube address there. You know, you just give, <laughs> give away the year of birth and everything. So we, we need to fix that. After I get off this show, we're gonna fix that. But yeah, no, I, I, but I I completely agree with you, right? I mean, there. In, in terms of awareness of injustice, using this platform, here, here we go again, right? Using the mm-hmm. platform to, to bring awareness to it. I don't think it's too late for the NFL to do right by Colin. Now, yeah. I don't, so, I don't, so I don't think it's too late for them to do right by him. I don't know if he wants to, I don't know if he wants to mess with him anymore, though. But what do you mean by do right? You mean opportunity to play or opportunity to send a message? Both. Because that's how you do right by him, right? I mean, fully acknowledge what he was saying and and fully communicate the understanding of what he was doing and why he was doing it, right? I, I would I would give you two folds on that, and I would I, for your I think it's too late for him to play. I don't think Colin Kaepernick. I don't think one that will give him an opportunity. That's number one, and two. I don't think there's a platform for him now to play. He had he had a small window that he didn't want to take advantage of when he had a chance to play. When he did, when he did that uh, tryout for yeah, yeah he, he said he didn't want to. He wanted to compete for a starting job and yeah, you know yeah. those things. And that, and that's his pride kicking in because he's yeah. the ex NFL guy. I get it, but I don't think there's a platform to play now <clears throat> for for that. And I, don't get me wrong, I think Colin Kaepernick's still a great quarterback. But let's be honest with you, Father Tom has kicked in. It's been what three years now, four years that not playing competitive at the professional level is it's way removed. You're not going to be able to just step in three years not playing professional football and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm the man. I can start." Doesn't work that way. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I yeah, I don't know if he can start, and 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 I'm and you're- I think he can compete. He can compete, but I don't think he. I don't know. If there's a place for him to play. I mean, at this point, if you bring him on to be on the bench, what well, I mean, again, what is that? I mean, okay, you got a chance to be on a team. Is that is that all you want to be? Because that's not what you wanted to be three years ago or two years ago. You wanted to be able to be in a position to compete and be a starter and have the, and have your opportunity to be a starter. I think being removed from the game three years is really, especially for a quarterback, for you to be able to come back in in the field and say, you know what, I want to be. I'm I'm at the, I'm at the top of my game where I can compete for a starter job. He can prove me wrong. I just don't. That the odds are not the odds are not there. Now I do believe the NFL is not too late to address his message. Mm-hmm. And get his message, convey his message across what he was trying to do, and work with Colin to be able to express that and apologize for Colin and what they did was wrong. Yes, you blackballed him just because he he wanted to take a stance on something that that was right. That's the crazy part. It wasn't like he did, he was doing something wrong. He was saying something wrong. He was doing something that was right yeah. to be able to take a stance. So um, I think there's time for that. I do believe there's time for that. There's still time for them to correct that. And will it happen? Maybe. Will he accept? That's, you know, that's, that's a side question as well. You know, I mean, will, will the situation be right again? Uh, I don't know if again, he's going to come and, and start for, I don't know, the Rams or start for the Raiders, whoever the case may be, but you know, is it a, is a symbolic gesture good enough or does that, does that make the wrong, the wrong, right? Don't know. Right. Again, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, and, that's up to, but yeah, that's up to him to debate that and figure that out. If that'll be a, a right, a right situation for him to come in. Um, I, I just, I mean, you know, they did, let's be honest, the NFL paid him off. They gave him a settlement yeah. Yeah. for him. So he, he's, you know, money's not the issue. I don't believe, I don't think money's the issue. I think Connor's living pretty good as far as mm-hmm. it's financially is concerned. I think the, 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 the strong suit or the great point would be if he can work with the NFL to drive his message home and use that platform to bring awareness. 
I really, I really do. I think that that would be the biggest win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, more more so than him playing. I know pro- him playing is a personal thing, in which I get it. But I think his message is a global message that should be enforced. That that's the right message. To be honest with you, so it's almost like he's having more 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 impact now. Being oh man. Free agent, right? Completely. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the brother, I think, yeah. His man. I mean, I, I was watching the, uh, you know, the skip and Shannon. Shannon Sharp was like, Collins Kaepernick stand on the NFL will be impactful for decades. Yeah, his play would only been impactful for a few years. True. So I think his if he can if he can somehow work with them to get his message across because the NFL reaches mass millions and have them work with him in delivering his message about, you know what, we want to get rid of social injustice and have the NFL honestly just apologize. Like, man, we were wrong. We were wrong in what we did. You know, we didn't understand what was really going on because, you know, let's be honest, 32 billionaires don't go through the same thing mm-hmm. that we go through in South Central Los Angeles or East Oakland or South Sacramento. They don't, they don't, they don't even understand what those, what those issues are about. So, so they, that they're very disconnected, just like our old president, very disconnected. So let's, I hope for the NFL says, let's get connected and deliver that message. Yeah. 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 I don't know if your boy Jerry Jones has ever eaten at, at a, you know, a a all you can eat buffet or, or, um, <laughs> you know, you know he Jerry Jones ain't having no chicken and waffles. He ain't going out to get no chicken and waffles. He don't know about the two piece at, at Popeyes, right? He may have heard about it, but I'm not sure yeah. he knows about the two piece. You yeah, know. Jerry, Jerry ain't, ain't, ain't eating at the Waffle House or no, going down, you know. Going, no, yeah, he ain't going. Let me tell you something. Yeah, he he's not going down to them places, man. He don't know nothing about the gym boy tacos and all that and the taco shops. Are saying, he he don't know nothing about that. But, but I mean, they're so disconnected with, with, with what's really going on in society because they're so wealthy. You know, I kind of said if it doesn't affect you, you really don't worry about it. But the thing is, it affects most of your employees because most of your employees – that are on the field are 80% of color. So you should be sensitive to what your employees, what's going on with your employees. And that's how you have success. And I think the NFL has failed on that part. part. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, So much is going on. We, we, we got a, got a response. Thank you for the, thanks for the appropriate response. Yes, yes, sir. You know, we, again, we, we talking and taking the the sensitive issues that, I was I was trying to answer, but Montel he was you know he he stood up straight in his chair and and and, and wanted to answer, so I, I I let him go ahead and like I said we we ended up in the same place I, either way. I mean, um, uh, you got to be vocal and 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 you got to do it the right way. You got to be respectful, but you know what? You still have to you can't be silent when it comes to injustice uh, in any in any form in in, yeah. in any form. So. Um, uh, so that's what's happening with, with the, the Jets and the Bills. Will that continue through next season, or will other teams do something in terms of solidarity you know, <coughs> and, or even other sports? Right? I mean, because yeah. again, this, this is this is this is not just football. This this is again, it's just we had so many negative things that have stirred the pot with forty five, and, and and now you know we got some ugly heads out there that that have been reared. Uh, how do these organized organizations like sports really help to try to bring community and bring society back together. Is it, you know, by making those stances more than I, just I, an athlete, you know, yeah, yeah more, yeah, more than think, logos and more than shirts and hashtags, yeah. right. But just action. So I think, I think COVID COVID has, has, has 
kind of put the blinders on to the cause, mm. you know, for a lot of people, people more, you know, COVID has taken the forefront dealing with the, dealing with the pandemic and dealing with the vaccination and all that stuff. So it has very, it has taken a lot of the shine away from what, from the causes, from the, from, from BLM, Black Lives Matter, from everything. It, it, it has because it's kind of just taken over the world. I do believe that hopefully that we can come back once we get this thing under control and we can start to revisit a lot of these things and, 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 Look at them from a different lens since we've already been there. I mm-hmm. think I'm hoping that organizations and special sports organizations will allow athletes to use a platform or partner with them on a platform to be able to express the message of well, what's right. You know, forgive all the other stuff, but what's right? What's what's the right thing to do? It's not right. You know, you know, the, the, the actions of some are just not right. Police brutality is not right. It's something that's prevalent in, in a lot of urban communities and people do nothing about it. I mean, we just saw on the news, I don't know if people caught it globally, but there were just some young men that were arrested in Target wrongfully because because someone someone said that they stole something or one of the workers said they stole something and a security guard roughly arrested them. You know, that that racial profile and stuff needs to end because that's not right. That's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. Young men had nothing to do with it. Um, and now these young men are traumatized for the rest of their lives being out in most. And they were on their way to college and doing their thing. So I believe, man, we just need to start correcting some of the wrongs. And I think and, and apologize for them. I don't think we get enough apology for when people do things wrong. Just like that lady was accusing that young boy about taking her cell his cell phone, and she yeah. left her cell phone in her Uber. Man, that that was, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, but I'm I'm, I'm saying, that, and she still hasn't apologized for it. I mean, you can imagine a tw- someone was coming to my 13 year old son and saying he stole her phone, and she's trying to grab him and tackle him over something that she did wrong. She did wrong. I, I have a problem with that because she physically assaulted the young man. She's verbally assaulting the young man. She mm-hmm. called the authorities on the young man when he wasn't wrong at all. And the authority at the hotel was kind of siding with her side saying, turn on your phone and do all that stuff. Yeah. Man, we got to, I think that's something that we really got to, as, as a society, hopefully address and, and come to grips, but pandemic, but the again, COVID is taking over. We don't, we don't hear about those stories as much, or if we hear about them, they go away really, really fast. And focus more on the pandemic, which is rightfully so. But I know we have to revisit these situations to get them corrected. Got to, got to, man. Uh, yeah, you, I, I was a little uh, taken aback by <laughs> you, you brought up about old girl and, and that story. That I don't, I don't, I don't want to go down that road because that that's a show for a whole another day and a whole another time. But yeah, that she she definitely <laughs> need to have yeah. need to be talked to. Yeah, yeah, that. but but she ain't the only one. I mean, we always know Becky be at the barbecue accusing us of doing something, and people. That, I mean, it, it just it just goes on and on. That she, she's just one instance, bro. You know, she's just one instance to get caught on film. Um, I think it happens a lot more than not. You know, yeah. um, and, and we gotta we gotta really address that. If they, you know, you can't just go around accusing people because it's either convenient for you or they're just somebody that looks different than you, and that's the easiest person to point the finger at. You know, and to me, her situation. That was convenient and the easiest point in the person to point the finger at. And the fact that he had some kind of cell phone that was similar to hers, hey, he automatically took it. Well, no, you left it in the in the Uber car. It was your fault. You did it. And I'm glad they brought criminal charges on her. I, re- I really, I really am because you you threat you you physically threatened this young man, and you you're not you know that's just 100 yeah. percent all the way wrong. Young brother, I think what was it, 11 years old, 13 years old, Again, 13 years old, man. But you know, young young kid who. No, no, no reason for for it to get to that to that level of yeah. uh, of discord. So yeah. Well, James, the thing about me, whatever happened, like polite, like young man. Hey, I'm sorry, I lost my cell phone. I misplaced my cell phone. Did you see it, or do you know anything that happened to it? And matter of fact, 
to me, if he if it was a cell phone, why don't you just get on another phone and call it? Or it would have rang in his hand, <laughs> right? If you would have called yeah. your cell phone number, it would have rang in his hand. Like, oh, you you took my phone. Yeah. But not no, you, you you're not using common sense. You just want to go ahead and berate somebody on, on that, and instead of being polite and asking somebody and say, hey, you know, I misplaced my cell phone. Have you seen it? Because if if it was, maybe he may, he might have just picked it because she dropped it. Yeah. Instead yeah. of you berating, talking about you you stole my phone. So. Man, I mean, I, I, it, it pisses me off because me and you, we both have kids. Mm-hmm. Our kids will be in that world, and someone of another color or someone of another color can point their finger at them, and our kids will be arrested on some humbug. And we got to go prove ourselves to be right exactly. instead of, you know, exactly. we, we got to prove our innocence right right then and there and go through this whole process, which is which is, which is is blasphemy. Which is, which, which is terrible and which is kind of the... You're right. We got the, we've got kids in, in this society. And we've, we've raised them. We've had the, the various talks with them, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're so they're aware of that. So, um, I I appreciate the dialogue, brother. I appreciate the dialogue. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a that's a good topic. And um, again, we got to have the conversation because yeah. if you sweep it under the rug or if you don't don't have the dialogue about it no one's ever going to get better no one's ever going yeah. to to move towards some some positive uh progression so absolutely let's get back, let's, let's get back to sports right quick though this is yeah, sports, yeah. <laughs> uh let's, let's get back to sports so uh two minutes left uh-huh it's gonna be it's gonna be tampa bay versus kansas city because 38 to 24 and i can't i can't see my homes uh giving up that lead with only that amount of time left nah so Sunday, February the seventh, three thirty p.m. Pacific time. We will be well. The game will be. Well, yeah. I, I, I wish we were. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish we were. I, I was at. I was at the. Uh, I was recovering the Super Bowl when it was in the Bay Area when it was in Santa Clara. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I was there the whole week ahead of time, uh, covering it for the site and and being in that whole mess. So man, that that's a ball. Yeah, forget the folks playing. I, look, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Just you know, got my little badge on, credentials, walk, walking around the floor, and uh, interviewing Cam and everything. So it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. So I, I think uh, I'm, I'm gonna be envious of that and, and reminiscing on the times that I had. Uh, I think that was 50. I think that was Super Bowl 50. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, couldn't get tickets for for everyone because tickets were stupid expensive. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Man, yep. I, I I got the best the best tickets in the house. It's called free on my twenty on my fifty inch, and I, and I get instant replay along with commentary while I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm okay. regardless of what the weather is, right? Too right, you're gonna be <laughs> in the house, you know, with, with with a drink in your hand and some yeah, potatoes man. and watching the game. Watching it, man. I'm I'll I'll, I'll be enjoying it, man. I'm good for Mahomes, good for Brady. I think it's great for the game. I'm good for football. It should be a really good game. Um, and if you're asking me to predict right now, don't do it. I'll, don't I'll, do I'll it. call it. I'm gonna go with the young buck. I'm gonna go with Mahomes and Kansas City. I think Kansas City got some something, something special, man. I think they're they're strong as long as Mahomes is in there, man. They're strong, and I love Brady, and I love what Tampa Bay's doing. I just don't know if they can beat Kansas City. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Uh, I, I've told oh, you. Oh man, before. put it out there, man. Put no, it, no, put I'm it down. No, see, I've told you before. I'm a story guy, right? I love the story. Uh-huh. I, I love you know that that whole the agony of defeat and the thrill of it. You know what, whatever that old ABC Sports thing was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I just dated myself with that one. 
Uh, Man, if uh, if Brady can mess around and turn this tenth appearance with a brand new mm-hmm. team, with a brand new system, with a brand new everything, uh, win this game, and he's only got one dude that he's played. He's got Gronk, right? So you know, I mean, so Gronk. he's got his right hand man, and he only got yeah. one target tonight. So I mean, it's not like he's relying on 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 yeah. on his old standby. Yeah. If Antonio comes back and doesn't act a fool like he normally does when he's not playing. If uh-huh. Michael Evans can come out there and, and and run that man, it's oh they got they got I mean they got the pieces. Don't get me wrong. I mean I, I think Tampa Bay's got everything that you need to win it all. I, I'm 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 gonna go with youth on this one just a little bit. I think Mahomes and Tyreek yeah. Hill and them is gonna put a lot of pressure on yeah. that on on that offense and put points on the board faster early. That makes Brady's gonna have to come behind. Now that even makes more of a compelling story because Brady comes behind and wins it. It's the last just be, minutes, you know, when, when the yeah, 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 man. So, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna say I'm, 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 I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. That's it. No, don't, don't add no. <laughs> no I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay, but you know, with, you, you got you got Mahomes, who's a multi-sport threat, and he can throw <laughs> sidearm better than he can throw yeah. regular overhand. Right? Yeah, yeah. He, he can throw circus passes. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be really tough. So. uh I, th- I think it's going to be a. I don't think it's going to be a tight game. I'll say that. So uh, I'm a, if, I, if Tom, I think if if, Mah- if Mahomes cuts loose, yeah, it's going to be forty some to nineteen. Uh-huh. It's it's going it's going to be it's going to get ugly. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm right there. So I'm right in the I'm middle. A, I'm gonna be doing the 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 Spike Lee in school days, the Gamma Five Gamma. <laughs> Tom Brady winning. I'm gonna be doing the gamma five gamma on him, talking about he's the goat, man. I'm I'm at the I'm at the I'm at the do do you know big brother big brother old my T. Big brother old my T. You know you got you got some more of them D cell batteries for my yeah, yeah man. I'm at the if if, if, if Brady pull, if, Bra- if Brady pulls it off, man, it would be the biggest sports story in the last you know definitely in the last year, but definitely something people are gonna be able to talk about forever if he's able to pull this off and, mm-hmm. and get him a Super Bowl. Yeah, um, but yeah. I, I think I think I, I truly I think Kansas City, um, they just man, it's just their time. I just can't. I just, they're really hard. They're just hard to beat. Hard to beat, in my opinion. So we're gonna see, man. That's what they play the games for, right? That's why they play. That's that's what I hear. That's what you know. It's, it's kind of hard now because I, I I still I had teed up the 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 top ten list that you had. Oh my my, my my guys that that I like watching and the ones I like. Yeah, man. But, you no, put it, that up it, real quick. Just, you want to do it real quick? We we, we, can, we can, so we're gonna go from from the NFL. We're gonna go back to go back to the NBA, and this is how we're gonna close out this week. I mean, it was kind of tough to go from from that climatic <laughs> predictions. You know, we 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 didn't did our, <laughs> our 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 predictions of who we think is gonna win. So let, let's mm-hmm. take let's take a look at this list here. You you got some folks on on this list, and I yeah. I, I even left your ad libs in there. You know, your commentary. Yeah, man. So this is talk about. Let's let everyone first of all. This is my favorite top ten list. This is my this is my personal opinion. Who I like. I know the Jerry West is in the world, and all those guys are great, great players, and all that stuff. And I know I've missed some guys that I think that are great that that are greats. But these are the guys I love watching, and I'll go from 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 number nine on up. Dame Lillard. You know, he actually he's number ten because I got two at number five. But Dame Lillard. Guy's just amazing. I love watching him play from the Bay Area. You know, love his story coming from Weber State into the NBA doing his thing. Um, he could just ball and he shows up in the big games. 
Yep. You know, he can, he plays in the big games, and you know he's great. Hey, just Kyrie released, Irving. Hey, no wait a minute. Just released his shoes from that. From, from yeah, his, yeah. He uh, just dropped some. Yeah, he dropped <laughs> Yeah, he dropping some shoes and rap albums and all that, man. So he multifaceted. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a Dame fan, you know, for the culture. So he's doing this thing. Um, Kyrie Irving. Bad um, man, bad man, bad man. You know, he kind of cuckoo for Poco Puff sometimes. You know, he does. He goes off on on the thing, but you know, as far as his basketball skill set. If you watch him on the court, man, he's he's a guy that I love to watch. He can isolate on anybody, go to the hole. Probably has arguably the best, yeah, the best handles in the league. Yep. Um, him and Stevie Francis and and Steph Curry kind of all come to mind. Who's who's got the better mm-hmm. of the three? I'm not quite sure. Um, big fan, Sacramento guy, Kevin Johnson, got to be on my list. Super quick. My image always of him is dunking on Akeem. Uh, when the back part, all, man, all of six feet tall, right? I mean, all of six feet tall. I, I, I've eaten at his restaurant, and and I, and I like stood up right right next to Kevin. I said, "Man, you you really are right at my height." And how do you yeah, how did you get yeah, up man. there? <laughs> Brother, man was a, he was explosive. He, he he had a lot of injuries during his career, so I don't think his his numbers is, is everyone else. But watching KJ play, man, he was just he was phenomenal. And he played in the era where they everyone had really really good point guards, so he had to be dominant at his size. Um, Tim Hardaway. Being in the Bay Area, being Sacramento, watching the you know run TMC that you know yep, that UTEP yep. two step crossover he did, man, that crossover was probably me to me arguably or probably the best crossover in basketball because for him to be that little and to get separation, his crossover was vicious. That's true. Why, why are there no more cool uh, squad names like that? Right? I don't know, I mean, man. You know, I think I slam a gamma. And, you know why, why are there no more cool? You know because it's all man. about the individual now. They give it all to the individual, so man. it's all good, man. I ain't mad at him. Um, guy I grew up with Isaiah Thomas is number five, and he's tied with Gary Payton is number five. Both guys were very influential as far as that era of basketball was concerned. Isaiah won the beginning with the bad boys. Gary Payton yeah. took it to another level, being the glove, shutting everybody down, being that trash talker. Being a dude that's from the Bay Area, coming from Oregon State, you know, first as a rookie talking to trash to Michael Jordan, trying to shut yeah, it. I mean, I all the things, state, every yeah. yeah, everything he just did just some kind of embodied, you know, us growing from. And I would say Sacramento and the Bay Area. I know they're two different cities, and they they don't, they don't know, but they are cross pollinated and they represent each other in, in some form or fashion. So he was always a guy from the, you know kind of from the town. Um, Jason Kidd, another guy from the Bay Area. Um, Got to witness Jason Kidd when he was when he played high school ball at Sacramento in the King Stadium in the championship yeah, to yeah. see how great he was then, and for him to go to Cal, then you know he he led the Nets all the way to the championship, arguably one of the best all around players in you know in in basketball mm-hmm. period as he played, guy could do it all on the court, and then you know the next dude John Stockton in my eyes, I don't care nobody said that dude got my he. He doesn't look like he can play basketball. He doesn't look like he can dribble up. He doesn't look. He can run the pick from the pick and roll. Though. Let me. He he's a bad. He li- I mean, he lived off the pick shorts. and roll. Them shorts that he was wearing was kind yeah, of yeah, man. Him and Malone got together. <laughs> yeah, them, them shorts are suspect, but otherwise, man, the dude ran the pick and roll. I mean, you got to think they ran one play to make one man the all-time leader scorer and one person the all-time leader person in assists. Yep. One play, the pick and roll. And, and they they led themselves to back to back championships. They lost, unfortunately, Michael Jordan. But man, them dudes was John Stockton was a beast. Yes. Um. And anybody that played against him, the guys I know that played in the NBA, they was like, dude, he's he he he's uh, incredible. Yes, doesn't yes. talk trash. Doesn't say nothing. Quiet on the court. Just does what he. He's the Gonzaga. The Gonzaga. Of the NBA. You know, don't talk trash. Just good. This is just super good all day. It just shows up. Yeah. Yeah. To me, my second best, the second best all-time point guard is Steph. Steph's changing the game. Yeah. Um, 
pure scorer. Um, I, I, it's funny. People always talk about how great LeBron is and all that, but I don't see none of these kids emulating LeBron when they're on the basketball court. They're all shooting threes like Steph. Steph's transcended the game. When the game was dunking and, and doing all that stuff, he transcended where kids now want to play, want to shoot from the, shoot from the three. And now it's changed to all the games. Everybody wants to shoot more threes, more so than go to the hole and dunk on somebody. Yeah. So uh, I think I think he's a tra- he's a he's a transcender, a tra- uh, a, tra- a transcend. Uh, what am I saying? He's transcending as a, as an athlete, um, and he doesn't get the credit he's supposed to do. And before it's all said and done, he'll be the best three point shooter ever. Yes. That has ever played the game. Yeah. Well, he's um, uh, he he just he's second now. He's second he's on behind Ray Allen. Yeah, and 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 Reggie ro- rolled up on him and, and kind of gave him a little little, little hard time. <laughs> Reggie Miller, but but again, you you see Steph when he's out there before the games, right? Just just yeah. drills and get getting that that focus down. Bruh. Again, there we go talking about you know putting in that work. Or, yeah, I mean, who hits one hundred thirty one? I think one hundred one hundred thirty one straight three pointers in practice. Nobody but who, Steph Curry. Who, nobody but Steph Curry does something like that. So. I, you know, I'm I'm a big Steph fan. I think he has that baby face. He's he he's got the he's got the Kobe mentality in that small body, and that small frame of his. He he can't dunk on people in, in in like Kobe does. But if you give him a shot from anywhere from that 32 feet on out, as soon as he crosses that half court, you better guard him because he can shoot from anywhere on the court. Literally, and and don't it doesn't matter how much space you give him. You don't have to give him yeah. space. Just, no. just give him half a foot, and he's gonna shoot. Yeah, and, and the crazy part, it's not he's throwing the ball or he's throwing it to who he's shooting. Yeah. The ball. Yeah. He's literally shooting the Brock. So big fan of his. And then number one all time favorite, man. Oh. And it is Magic, man. Oh. Ma- Magic just I didn't appreciate him again when he played, but then as I saw the latter years and seeing how he played and see what he's done to the game and see the way he played the game, man, I, people think Michael like Westbrook does great things when he does a triple double. Magic Johnson, man, was the greatest all time. Somebody to be six eight, six nine, bring the ball up. Gets ten assists, ten rebounds, and over ten points a night. And not only that, he led the Lakers to what four championships, three or four championships, and one of them he had to play center. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So man, I mean, you you want to talk about goats? I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Michael Jordan is the greatest player I ever seen play. Me physically with my eyes, but man, Magic Johnson got to be a close number two over LeBron. I mean, he just changed. He changed the way the game. LeBron. See, this is my argument. LeBron's great. LeBron's, LeBron's probably the greatest athlete I've ever seen play basketball. To be six eight, run like he does, and do the things he does. But on the basketball court, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, even Steph Curry, even Kevin Durant—they changed the way the game is being played. LeBron hasn't changed the game the way he's being played. He's perfected in the aspect of the way the game is played. He's really good with what has been, but he doesn't change the game. Magic changed the game from being you guys are standing around doing nothing to let's, you know we we run it, we gun it, we run and gun, we throw an alley oop, we doing our things. Um, you go from him, you go to Michael Jordan. Hey, I changed the way the fashion, the way the game's played. I can isolate you. I'm dunking. I'm making everything change. Everybody want to be like me, Mike, because I'm the man. I'm the man. And now the game has changed it again to the three point game. LeBron didn't do that. Steph Curry did that. That's true. That's true. So how can you be the greatest of the goat if you didn't transcend the game? In my opinion, not, that's not just my that's, my that's my that's 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 my my take on it. LeBron hate LeBron lovers. Don't hate me. Don't bash me. Remember, it's just my list and my opinion only. Um, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's all good to me. I. It's not. It's, my opinion is not open for. Putting my opinion is not open for argument or debatable. So. Let, it, let it be written. Let it be done. Period. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know yeah I mean? That's me. That's just me. That's all me right there. So it's all me. I, I ain't mad at you, brother. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your Twitter feed is gonna be blowing. Oh yeah, man. They they gonna tear me on up. But it's all good. Bro. Your Twitter feed is going to be blowing. 
Uh, yeah. hey, brother, I appreciate you, man. We, we, I think we did it again. We did it again. Yes, we, we, we touched on current events. We talked about the game. We talked about the sport. But more importantly, I think, again, we talked about the social elements of, of, of sport and and brought those questions and those conversations to bear. That's that's what separates us. Right. Again, any, yep. anybody can be out there talking about uh, scores. It can be talking about the, the injury reports. It can be talking about who's this and who's that. But when you when you when you bring up some real dialogue or some real conversation to make people think, I mean, that, that mm-hmm. needs to happen more. And I'm glad that we're being a part of, of that conversation. Yes, so. We'll talk before before Super Bowl. I don't know what else yeah. is happening before next next uh, next Sunday, but uh, I'm I'm sure there'll be there'll be some sporting news. Hey, uh, if not, if not, we'll bring we'll bring we'll make something in. We'll put something in there to go we'll, ahead. You know, we'll make some, I'm gonna go we'll see go how much, I'm gonna go see how much <laughs> these new Dame Lillard uh, these new these picks are gonna be, and, and see if I can get my son or something to, to buy his daddy some of these new shoes. There right? you go, there you go. But no, I mean, there's gonna be a lot going on sports. Remember, the NBA still going on. Yeah. We got you know, we still got. I mean, we had, we never even touched on hockey plus the individual sports plus. We got a lot of things going on, man. I, I really like the, the fact that we do touch on the social aspect and social things and, 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 and the social climate and things that are going on in our communities across, you know, across the United States, how sports intertwines with that. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing we're going to be able to talk about next week is California. Are they going to allow these young men to play football? Because the, 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 the decision should be made sometime next week. So that should be a, a big topic we're going to discuss and figure out where we go there and the let, the, let, let them play kind of movement that's going on and, and how that dynamics is going to affect going all the way on up. How's it going to affect kids going to college and so forth and so forth. There you go. And with that, brother, I think uh, we, we got the next three, four weeks already planned out. I, I don't have to write any show notes because we, we came up with it right there. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, brother, be good to yourself. Take care. And I will talk to you in a couple of days. We'll keep this going. Everyone else, be, Absolutely. be safe to yourself.